0: On December 2020, the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccine, which are signs of the beginning of the end of the coronavirus pandemic that has crippled the United States and the world. As of this recording, millions of people worldwide have already received the vaccine, from Margaret Keenan, a 91-year-old United Kingdom citizen, to current Republican Vice President Mike Pence and future Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris. And as many people celebrate and applaud the scientific accomplishments of doctors, nurses, virologists, microbiologists, and chemists, as well as other experts in the field of science, others have become skeptical of the official story. Is a vaccine that has been engineered in less than nine months safe? Should we trust Pfizer and the pharmaceutical industry? Are reported COVID-19 deaths accurate, or have they been inflated to push an underlying agenda for population control to implement the New World Order and convert America into socialism. I am your social chemist, Nelson, and today we explore the mindset of the anti-vaxxer. If you're listening on Spotify, click on that follow button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, click on that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. By doing so, you help expose this podcast to people who might be interested in conspiracy theories within politics. You can also follow me on Facebook and on Instagram at The Social Chemist. Also share this podcast with your friends, like I dare you to share this with your anti-vaccine friends and watch them go crazy. As I like to say, long live the madness. Before we dive into the rabbit hole, we got to address the elephant in the room, If you don't follow me on Instagram, you're probably wondering where I've been this entire time. I haven't posted an episode since November, and the reason for this is because, as the description of this podcast will tell you, and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm currently in graduate school, and after I released my last episode, I got bombarded with papers. Not only that, I currently work at Amazon, and if you or if you know someone that works at an Amazonian facility... You will know that during the holidays, we have peak season. Now, I am a full-time employee, and so for full-timers, we're mandated to work 50 hours from late November to late December. So I essentially had no fucking time for myself, and for once in my academic career, I felt hopeless. At some point down the line, I will make an episode about what to expect as a prospective student leaving undergraduate to graduate school, because I think a lot of staff members never explain in detail what to expect in a master's level program. But yeah, going forward, I don't know exactly how I'll schedule my episodes. I do plan to do some interviews with people that I have in mind and post them every other week. But essentially, this podcast from time to time will be inconsistent in when an episode will be released. I apologize if you're not into that, and I understand if you're going to unsubscribe. But unless Biden is going to make college free, then I have no other option than to slave until I can pay off my program. So with that being said, let's get started. A while back, I decided to do my annual checkup to be sure that everything inside me was okay. And as I was waiting for the doctor to come into the room, a nurse was asking me the routine questions about my health and life habits and whatnot. She was also attending another visitor in the next room, and she went back and forth with us. At a certain point, while the nurse was attending me, I heard a tiny shout, and I was like, what's that? And the nurse replied with, we're giving her a vaccination shot. By the way, do you want one? And I kid you not, for a quick millisecond, I hesitated. And the first thought that came into my mind was autism. Now, I think what makes this exchange memorable was how the nurse asked me. She offered me my vaccination shot in the sense of like, since we're on the topic, do you want yours? Instead of, based on your record, Mr. Perez, it seems that you're not up to date with your vaccines. Would you be interested in getting your shot on today's visit? And part of me feels like she said it the way she did because she had received hostile pushback. Because when I said, sure, why not, the sense of relief in her face told me a story that I think many doctors and nurses all have in common. And I share this story because even me, Nelson Perez, host of the Social Chemist podcast, a critic of conspiratorial ideology and proponent of science, had discovered a degree of anti-vaccine within the interaction between me and the nurse. Now, I am fortunate that I base my judgment on the empirical facts and not my emotions. However, if there was fear within me for a second, I could imagine a fear a conspiracy theorist and how they would feel in the interaction between them and a nurse. Now, between Amazon and graduate school, I hardly had any time to keep up with current events. But when I did, I was looking to the COVID-19 vaccine because I knew as soon as the FDA would approve it, the conspiracy theorists and the misinformed were going to go wild. On my personal Facebook, I decided to do a little social experiment, and I had a hypothesis that based on specific articles, I would garnish more interaction if the article demonstrated that a consequence had occurred due to the vaccine, rather than if the people were to get the vaccine with no negative reaction whatsoever. One of the articles that I shared was from The Hill, and it was titled, Over 1.8 million people have received COVID-19 vaccine shots worldwide. And as I suspected, not one comment was made. But when I shared the second article from CNN titled, Dirt Alaskan Healthcare Worker Has Allergic Reaction to COVID-19 Vaccine, all my conspiratorial friends gathered in support and how they would rather live in a forest than get vaccinated. I've seen similar sentiment expressed online with people saying, I'd rather die than get the vaccine, which is a logic I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Like, if you're not going to get the vaccine because it's going to kill you, so you'd rather die than get injected with science juice, doesn't that kill the point? My other favorite comment that I've come across is the one where people say, I'd rather get the virus the natural way than be manipulated by big pharma. What a world to live in when a treatment is more dangerous than the threat. But going back to the people who commented on my post, I think it tells us something about human behavior. The interactions on the article that reported on an allergic reaction compared to the article that reported the millions of people getting a vaccine with no negative consequence is an example of confirmation bias. In one of my earlier posts, I mentioned how when people look for information, they do so by allowing their emotions to guide them. And it's very hard not to do so. For example, if you're a Democrat or lean left, you're more likely to believe the content of a New York Times article than you would one from One American News Network, and vice versa. Before you click on the article, you've already added value to the article based on your worldview and beliefs. When it comes to looking for information, most people don't look for information to learn, but to reinforce an idea that they already believe to be true. People are selective when it comes to the consumption of information. Even I will admit this myself. I'll give you an example. I am a soccer fan, and my favorite team is Real Madrid. If you know me personally, you know every year on Black Friday, I'm on that Real Madrid website, waiting for them discounts to get the authentic jerseys, because class is everything. Anyways, one of the things that I've noticed is that anytime I miss a game and my team wins, I'll go on YouTube to watch the game analysis and read up on every ESPN Deporte article because I want to know how my team destroyed the opposition. The satisfaction of my team winning incentivizes me to learn how my team performed because them winning makes me feel good. However, when I miss a game and they lose, do you think I'm interested in seeing how they performed and why they lost? Not really. Why would I spend 15 minutes seeing how my team performed poorly? Why would I, as a fan, put myself through such sadness? By me viewing the highlights of that specific game, it is going against what I believe to be true, that Real Madrid is the greatest team in the history of European football. So to avoid that contradiction, I choose not to engage in anything involving in my team losing, and the same thought process is used when it comes to information about the vaccine. Now, each person who commented on my polls could be identified as an anti-vaxxer, but each person had a different motive, and that's what we're going to talk about today, the mindset of the anti-vaccine movement. If you remember my first episode, the one that's five minutes long, you'll recall that I stated that African Americans were more likely to become conspiratorial in their thinking, and I also said that it's hard not to understand this community for being skeptical towards an establishment that has historically used African Americans as lab rats. The Tuskegee experiment is the most notable example of this, and how scientists abused the human rights of black people to learn about syphilis while knowing full well a treatment was available. We also know that the black experience in receiving medical care is quite different in the United States compared to a white person. A white person can go to a doctor for chest pain and can be given the best care in the world. An African-American can go to the same doctor with the same issue, and the doctor would disregard their symptoms for something minor. Unfortunately, these practices do occur. But do they make the majority of the cases? I was unable to find any articles that addressed my specific question. But I'm going to argue that while African-Americans do face discrimination in our public health care system, I would hold back in making the claim that the majority of current doctors are actively in the business of making a profit off black people exclusively. Why will I maintain this position until the evidence proves otherwise? Because most people think in terms of generalization. And we see this phenomenon in different social issues. Like in the Black Lives Matter movement, for instance. When Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd, progressives were enraged in what they witnessed and rightfully so. However, the anger expressed went beyond the four police officers involved and became a movement to abolish the police, vilifying law enforcement by using phrases like fuck 12 and fuck the police, instead of saying fuck Derek Chauvin. The same thing is seen from the right. Even though 94% of Black Lives Matter protests are peaceful, they will ignore that fact and speak of them as if they were a terrorist organization spraying the evil ideology of Marxism. Now, I am no doctor, and I'm neither a licensed psychologist, and I am fully aware that the discipline that I have my bachelor's degree on has done some fucked up shit to people in the past. Ask little Albert how he's doing after psychologists scared him with loud-ass noise, or more into the conspiratorial sense. Let's ask the people who went through electroshock therapy under code name MKUltra how they're feeling. Yes, the disciple of psychology has done terrible things in the name of science, And while the discipline has not changed in its knowledge of human suffering, the people who now conduct research and therapy have. We've learned from the past, and we value human rights, and we establish a code of ethics that prohibit such atrocities from occurring again. And of course, there will always be bad individuals in any field you can think of, but majority of the people who are engaged in the science and in the social sciences Go into the field to contribute and better their society. I think a legend and former Real Madrid goalkeeper Iker Casillas said it best. Being a good person is like being a goalkeeper. No matter how many goals you save, some people will only remember the ones you missed. Since we're on the topic of experts, that brings me to my second type of anti-vaxxers. The ones that claim they know more than the experts themselves. I addressed this on my last episode on the psychology of not knowing. And I recently found out there's an actual name for what I was trying to explain. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And what it states is that people who lack the expertise of a specific interest will believe their understanding of that topic is equivalent or more advanced than the one of the expert in the field. I've come across countless people who think that by watching an hour documentary from Andrew Wakefield makes them a professional, in vaccines, or that by simply reading an article is enough to give expert advice on whether someone should or shouldn't take the vaccine. The reality is that one can spend all day on Google researching the effects of vaccine and they would still be in a disadvantage to a PhD microbiologist. The level of discipline and training one must go through to complete a doctorate in philosophy is beyond the average conspiracy theorist who keeps claiming they're ascended. A friend who I adore recently stated that one does not need a college education to be knowledgeable, and while that is true, it's not true for every discipline. You can self-educate yourself to learn English, to play a piano, but to understand the scientific method requires an advanced degree, and whether you can afford a college education or not is irrelevant when it comes to the qualification of expertise. It's also important to acknowledge that just because you've attended college or have a bachelor's degree or any degree other than in science does not make you more knowledgeable about vaccines. I've had people who flexed their degree on me, and when I ask them in what field, they'll tell me criminal justice. Like, that's great. If I wanted to get your opinion on the disproportionate incarceration rate of African Americans, not on whether you think the vaccine has a microchip that's going to be activated when every country builds a 5G tower. And I know what you're thinking. Nelson, you're not a bio or a chem major. Why should I listen to you? Why should I listen to what you have to say? Because I'm not claiming to be any of those things. And my opinion is derived from experts who have gone through the proper training to obtain the knowledge they have. There's a reason why my podcast is about the human behavior and the interaction with conspiracy theories and non offending pedophiles, and not about the economy because my friend Sam and Sergio would immediately pick up and know that everything that I'm saying would be bullshit if I decide to cover economics. The last type of anti-vaxxers I want to talk about are the naturalists, and these people tend to be a part of the spirituality community, which I have issues with and will address in a future episode. The naturalist anti-vaxxer will emphasize on natural remedies to fight diseases, and while some natural remedies are effective to treating minor health issues, they stand no chance against COVID-19. Most of the remedies and solutions to fight off the virus are based on pseudoscience. How do I come to such a conclusion? Because it wasn't long ago when naturalist anti-vaxxers were selling 5G protection necklaces, which you can still purchase on Amazon, claiming it would protect you from 5G radiation and COVID-19. Remember the person that said, I'd rather die than get vaccinated? That person was an anti-vaxxer naturalist. Now, one of the things that I've noticed about the naturalist anti-vaxxers is that they tend to mitigate the pandemic. Some claim that the COVID-19 is less dangerous than the flu, or that the death rate of the pandemic has been overinflated for political purposes. Let's address the claim that the death rate has been overinflated. Have people who have died from other casualties been reported as dying from COVID-19? Yes. For example, the guy that died in a motorcycle accident and then was labeled as a COVID-19 death? That was funny. But it's bullshit. At the same time, have there been under reports of COVID-19 deaths? Yes. Early on during the pandemic, many people were afraid to go to the hospital due to the overcrowding and high rate of exposure. And so many people decided not to go. Unfortunately, in some cases, that decision ended up being fatal. And while it's impossible to tell where those individuals died from COVID-19, experts are beginning to ask, what if it did? Unfortunately, the COVID-19 death rate is not entirely accurate. But the error of margin is significantly small compared to the death rate of the flu, which many naturalist anti-vaxxers comedically compare. The reason why I laugh when naturalist anti-vaxxers compare the severity of the flu to the coronavirus is because these are the same individuals who on any other given day would not get a vaccine flu shot. Take into consideration that the coronavirus is becoming 10 times more deadly than the flu. As of this recording, COVID 19 has killed 338,767 Americans. Compare that to the 34,157 Americans the flu killed in 2019. So, not only is COVID 19 more deadly than the flu, even if the flu was more deadly than the coronavirus, the argument is pointless. Because, regardless, anti vaxxers could care less about the severity of any foreign biological disease and virus. Because to them, nothing is more dangerous than the vaccine. Of all the major concerns anti-vaxxers use to cancer against getting vaccinated, one that is very prominent is the Big Pharma talking point. And truth be told, this argument is valid, to an extent. Let's be honest. Are Pfizer and Moderna going to profit off this pandemic? Yeah, of course. Have Big Pharma spiked the cost of certain medications in the United States, where in other nations the same medication is three times cheaper? Yeah, they have. Did Big Pharma create the opioid epidemic that has cost the lives of millions of people during the 90s? They absolutely did. I can go on and on about the corruption inside a pharmaceutical company. However, I think it's important to differentiate between the CEOs of the pharmaceutical industries and the actual scientists who engage in the development of medications and vaccines. In any corporation you can think of, the CEOs are always in the game to make a profit, We live in a capitalistic society, so naturally, everything we produce comes at a cost to the consumer. This isn't a new phenomenon. And so when people say Big Pharma profits off our health, yeah, that's true. But you can also say that about supermarkets, since they profit off your starvation. When you think about it, that's really what it is. Every time you're low on food, you're required to go to the supermarket and purchase groceries, because if you don't, you'll starve and die. The supermarkets aren't handing out food, they're making a profit off your necessity to eat and live. However, there is no anti-supermarket movement going on, and unless you're growing your own vegetation in your backyard and using buckets of rain to hydrate yourself, chances are you have contributed to the capitalistic system we currently have. The profit talking point is really based on perspective when you think about it. Let's use myself for an example. As a future clinical social worker, my goal is to help non-offending pedophilic men to not offend and live the most ordinary life they can. That's how I like to view things. However, we can also say that as a future clinical social worker, I will be making a profit off people's depression, sexual dysfunction disorder, and societal rejection. This statement is not false because naturally, I need to get paid. And so the psychological stress of people is what's going to keep me in business. But that's not my incentive. It's how our economic system is designed. Again, this is not new to the average American capitalist, which we all are, by the way. How do I know this? I'm currently unable to get a PS5 because people are using bots to buy them offline and then reselling them for $1,000, a form of capitalism. During the pandemic, my mom was making handmade face masks and selling them instead of donating them to the less fortunate. That's capitalism. Let's not forget about the conspiracy theory producers who were selling 5G protection necklaces and homemade concoctions, claiming it was proven to kill COVID when it wasn't. These people made a profit, a profit off people's doubts and fears. And this, too, is unfortunately a form of capitalism. Before I conclude, I want to address this natural movement that anti-vaxxers are so proud to boast about. The idea that everything that has been engineered by man is somehow harmful for the well-being of mankind. Like if the only way to live a healthy life is by drinking water and eating the grass at your local park. If you subscribe to this belief, I'm going to need you to stop wearing makeup, washing your hands and ass with soap, eating your special cage fruit and yogurt cereal because it contains diamine hydrochloride, which I don't know what it does, but I put money that matter to you. Also, stop driving your car and burn your cell phone because you know, 5G. The matter of the fact is that everything that comes from earth is natural. The hand sanitizer you're drowning your hand with? Natural. The pills you're using to fix your floppiness during intercourse? Natural. So unless your vehicle is made from the meteorite that rocked Russia back in 2013, guess what? Your car? Natural. Everything you used to live your life at one point or another was a part of Earth, and to believe otherwise is to be pretentious and ignorant. So with that being said, I hope this episode has given you some insight into the mind of an anti vaxer I also hope that it has encouraged people to consider getting vaccinated. I will be the first to admit that I'm in the age bracket where I am not in danger of dying from COVID. However, I can't say the same about the people I come in contact with. Like the average African-American who is more likely to suffer from diabetes and other chronic conditions, or the cancer patient who is going through chemotherapy and will need to rely on herb immunity to spend time with their family, because doing so right now can cost them their life. I am a believer that the collective good should supersede the individual self-interest. And so when I get my vaccine, I'll do so not because I am afraid of COVID, but because I understand that I have the privilege of not being concerned about dying, a privilege that 300,000 Americans did not have. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. And as always, question everything with logic.